Hi everyone, this is Seaprom in North Carolina for Hacker Public Radio. I would like to thank everyone at HPR for the great service that they offer and allowing the community the freedom to report on tips, tricks, news, apps, and everything a hacker would find interesting. Today I would like to speak about how I use SSH and Sox Proxy. This topic actually came up while I was at my employer one day speaking to a coworker. We have a vendor that offers some advanced training on their products, but they do this in video format from their website. Our network from the stack, from the uh, uh, TCP stack, it actually blocks all video streaming. It doesn't matter what website you go to, the video stream itself will be blocked. So you can go to YouTube, um, but the video will be blocked. You can embed the video into another web page. You can get to the web page, but the video will be blocked. I needed to watch some of these videos for some advanced training on a couple of topics with our vendor software. And I was speaking to a coworker that this was very inhibitive. I could understand why they wanted to block these because of bandwidth. So what I ended up doing was setting up a Sox proxy through my home network. I don't have a VPS. I don't really have a need for one, but I did have a need to watch these videos. So these are the kind of things that we're going to talk about today, and this is how I did it. And I am actually running Fedora 20 at this point. So the first thing we need to do is obviously install SSH and whatever distro you use, run that application to install software on Fedora it would be yum space install space open SSH dash server space open SSH dash client. And this would be similar to how you would do it on um, um, a Debian-based system like Ubuntu or Debian or uh, Mint. It would be sudo space app-get space install space open ssh-server space open ssh-client. Same thing. So now that we have SSH installed, it's a good idea to configure a couple of things um, that I always, whenever I have a fresh install and I want to um, configure SSH, there's two main things that I need to configure. Um, and these are in the configuration files. And I believe that on both of the distros, as far as Debian-based and RPM-based, um, Arch might be different, but uh, we need to edit the configuration file, and those are located in Etsy slash SSH, and it's the SSHD underscore config, note the D. And this is the configuration file that runs the daemon. First thing we need to do is make a copy of the original file. I always do that whenever you edit a configuration file, I always make a backup. So we do CP space slash Etsy slash SSH slash sshd underscore config a space slash etsy slash ssh slash sshd underscore config dot backup now you can put dot bk or whatever you want but um, i always just do dot backup now we need to edit the this uh the original config so we do vim or nano or whatever your preferences are You'll see a lot of stuff within this configuration file, but the one thing that we're going to be mostly concerned about first is the port. I don't like running SSH on its native port 22. For my preference, I like to have something a little bit more obscure, and you can uh, check out a website to make sure that you're not going to be using a port that something else needs, like Apache. You don't want to put SSH running on port 80. Um, that would be 
uh, very counterintuitive. So the first um, thing we look for is where it says port 22. And just like backing up a file, I always put a comment. I always comment out what I'm getting ready to edit so I don't erase what it was before originally. So we put a, um, a hash symbol between or in front of the port 22. And next space, we put port space. And for this demonstration, I'll use port 6188. Um, not really sure why I, I use 6188, but I think that's what I used on my Debian box. So now we have the um, port changed. And the next one that I like to do is server key bits. I like to bump that up some um, instead of the default, which is 768. I change it to uh, 2048, my preference. You can leave it as default or you can change it to 1024 if you want. Um, but 2048 doesn't really seem to um, hinder the pre um, performance any. So. I always just boost up the, uh, the the key bits there. So now we have the port changed and we bumped up the server bits and we can save that. So however, if you use Vim, you know, it's colon uh, WQ and then nano, it's uh, whatever, we, we save the file. Next thing that I had to do on my Fedora box is change some um, settings within SE Linux. And I wanna pause here for just a second and tell you we had a discussion, I can't remember if it was in the IRC channel or I was speaking with someone, but they were talking about disabling SE Linux. Don't disable SE Linux. It's there for a reason. Um, it can get in the way sometimes, but there's a reason it can get in the way, and it's better to learn how to manage it than it is to just disable it and forget about it. So for this Fedora uh, 20 box, I put in a um, an addition to the SE Linux and from a command line, we fired up and the command for to add the SSH um, so SE Linux does not block it would be SE manage space port space dash A space dash T. And then it's going to be a the, the port type and then a space dash P. And for this case, it'll be TCP space and then whatever your custom port was that you changed it to in the configuration file. So the dash A is to add. So we're going to add something to SE manage. And the dash T stands for type. And it's going to be the port type. And for this one, the port type will be SSH underscore port. And then the dash P is the protocol. And in this case, it's going to be TCP instead of something like maybe UDP. So for this command, um, for SE Linux, we did SE manage space port space dash A space dash T space SSH underscore port space dash P space TCP space 6188. We're done. So the next thing we would need to do is on this Fedora box anyway, is to allow some firewall settings to go through. Fedora has a firewall manager that we can easily configure. So we fire up the firewall manager and you will see a tab that says ports and then a button down at the bottom that says add. So we click on the add. We're gonna keep the protocol as TCP and for the add port, we're gonna type in the custom port uh, for that you obviously did in the configuration file, which in this case would be 6188. Save that and we're done. 
Another piece of added security that you might want to take a look at if you're doing this on some other box, um, Fedora, there is, you'll have to comp, uh, compile it yourself, but there is another uh, script called Deny Hosts, and that's D-E-N-Y-H-O-S-T-S. It hasn't been developed in a little bit, I don't think, but you can install it. It is in the repos for Debian. It is just an added security. Um, it adds anybody that tries to uh, do a little port knocking, and especially on um, port 22, since um, that's the kind of the default port for uh, SSH, it gets banged a lot. So anybody that does a little port knocking from the same IP address, I think it's three times, but you can set that in the configuration files, but default it's either three or five. Um, it adds their IP address to the night host list uh, so they can't get to you. So after we do these steps, we just need to restart SSH uh, daemon and a Fedora that would be service space SSHD space restart. And on an Ubuntu or Debian based system, it would be sudo space slash etsy slash init.d slash ssh space restart. So now SSH is all up and running. We have it configured the way we want it, and we just need to test it. I always like to do my first test of a fresh SSH install on the local host or the computer that we installed SSH onto just now. So if we start a terminal, and type the command ssh space our username the at symbol localhost space dash lowercase p space 6188 and enter we should get a prompt to put in our password for the user that we just used the dash p and port number 6188 is saying that we are issuing the ssh command but we are using the port 6188 since that is what our SSH daemon is listening to since we configured that in our configuration file above. Now the first time that we run this command on a new host that we have not SSH'd into before, we're going to get a prompt that says the authenticity of host, and then the host name, can't be established. ECDSA key fingerprint is, and then it has a long bunch of characters, are you sure you want to continue connecting? Yes or no? And at this point we must type the word yes, Y-E-S. And once it finishes, you will have the key fingerprint of that server added to your known host list. Now just a side note, if you SSH into a computer and it adds the key fingerprint to your known host list, and let's say down the road the host name doesn't change, but the server, for whatever reason, gets rebuilt. Now, when we try to SSH into that computer again, we're going to get an error because the key fingerprints don't match. And it's an easy thing to fix, but if it does come up with an error like that and you know that this is your server, your computer, and you have not rebuilt anything or done any type of edits, then that's going to give you um, a word of caution. But let's just say that um, we know that we rebuilt the box and we need to fix this error. So if we go into the um, hidden directory under our home, the .ssh um, directory, there is a file there that says, that's called known underscore hosts. And if we open that in just a text editor or whatever, we'll see all the entries. It'll have the host name and then the key fingerprint. 
we can just uh, comment out or erase the um, bad key, save the file, and then try to uh, SSH back into it, and the good key fingerprint will be added to your known host list. Okay, so now we have SSH installed. We have it configured, a uh, little bit hardened, and we can actually SSH into it, hopefully. All that worked all right. Now what we need to be able to do is to be able to access the home network from my net, uh, work network. Now the internet provider that I use gives out dynamic IP addresses. So I might not know what my external IP address is on any given day. Also, since I have an internal router between my computer and the internet provider's modem, the external address is only going to get me so far. So this is where my router comes in. The router that I have is a Linksys E2500, and it has a few key features that will help out with this. And one of those features is the um, addition of DDNS, and this is Dynamic Domain Name System. And from Wikipedia, I want to read this, it says... Um, DDNS is a method of automatically updating a name server in the domain name system, often in real time with the active DNS configuration of its configured host names, addresses, or other information. Now, the service that I use is called DynDNS, that's D-Y-N-D-N-S, and I have set up just a free account, and it allows me to send um, DynDNS my external IP address, and they will resolve it to a host name. And you do all this whenever you set it all up. You um, create your host name, and they give you um, your uh, pre uh, suffix and everything uh, for your given host name. So, and my router has the ability to link in with DynDNS to update it automatically. So the only thing I have to put in is my username, password for the account, and my DNS servers and the router are adjusted to their DNS servers, and so everything is synced. Now, when I want to SSH into my home network from work, I can simply just use a host name and not have to worry about my external IP address updating. Now, another key feature of the router that I use is port forwarding. And I have this set on a router that anything coming in on a certain port will be forwarded or routed to my home computer. And in this case, uh, we're talking about SSH. So I have in the router set up um, for the port forwarding, I have an entry that's just called SSH. And the port is set to 6188. And it has an entry for my home computer's IP address. Now, what happens if my router reboots? Or my computer reboots since my computer is set up for DHCP and I might have be given a new IP address when the computer reboots maybe a kernel update or whatnot now this is where DHCP reservation comes in and this is very handy so I have it set up in my router that whenever the MAC address associated with my network card needs an IP address it always gives out the same one so no matter when my computer reboots as long as I have the same network card then my computer will always get the same IP address. Now, if your router that you use uh, does not have a, a method for doing this um, updating of the domain name server, you can also use a script that uh, you can get off of uh, SourceForge. It's called DD Client, and it's a simple Perl script, and it automatically updates your external IP address to a um, network service, a, domain, a DNS service, and it doesn't only just work with Dyn DNS, but that is one of the main ones that it does work with.
So now we have this all set up and I should be able to access my home network from my work network. My At the office I have to use Windows so there is a program that you can use since Windows does not come standard with an SSH client. It's called PuTTY. And that's P-U-T-T-Y. The configuration of PuTTY is really simple. Once you fire it up you're going to see in the uh, very front it says host name and that's going to be the host name that you set up when you register with uh, DynDNS and the port is set to the port that I used in the configuration of SSH and in this case it's going to be 6188 and the connection type is set to SSH. Now what I can do here is simply just um, SSH directly into my home computer and I'm going to be able to move files around. I can uh, copy a file into Dropbox or whatever have you. But the real goal here is to be able to get to an internet site where it is currently being blocked, unfortunately, on my work network. So this is where SOX comes in. And SOX stands for uh, Socket Secure. And um, it's just kind of like SSH where it's a secure shell. This is a Socket Secure. And it's, it's simply going to route the information between a client, which is the computer that I'm on at work, my Windows laptop, and a server, which is my home network, uh, through a proxy. So SOX performs at Layer 5, if you're really interested in all that. It's actually really interesting to, um, to, to see how this information is being passed along. Um, but the SOX service itself is located on the TCP port of 1080. Now, if we open PuTTY back up, there is a menu over on the left hand side and there's a section that says connection and then you're going to look for something that says SSH and then tunnels and under source port we're going to type 1080 and leave the destination blank but under it you're going to select the little radio button that says dynamic and so here on my Windows computer I'm telling PuTTY to make a connection to my dynamic host name on that port and to make a tunnel connection on port 1080. Now this tunnel is going to make all the traffic on um, from port 1080 through port 6188. So the SSH creates the SOX proxy to listen for connection on a local port 1080 in this case and when it receives a request it routes the traffic through the SSH connection between my client and my server. So where this is going to become real handy is um, setting up your um, your browser, maybe it's Firefox, and that's what I'm going to talk about, to use this proxy to route your internet traffic. So if you open up um, Firefox and go to the Tools menu, and then under Options, and then Advanced, there's a Network tab, and under Connection, select Settings. And you're going to change this to access to manual proxy configuration and then under the SOX host you're going to enter localhost and for the port we're going to enter 1080. Now all traffic within Firefox will go through port 1080 on the local machine to port 6188 on my server at my home computer. And you can test this if you leave the configuration by default not the uh, proxy manual proxy settings and you go to a website like IP Chicken and then when you make these settings go back to IP chicken and you should see a significant change hopefully so I also use a lot of portable apps when I when I do this I, 
it's, it's going to sound really nefarious, but it's really not. Um, I have a USB stick and it has three applications on it and they're all portable applications and it's putty set up with these configurations and they're saved um, and, uh, with those configuration settings and also use portable Firefox with these uh, settings that we just talked about and also use portable pigeon so um, if for some reason I want to connect in with uh, with um, Google Hangouts or uh, pop onto Freenode and chit chat then it's the same situation under portable pigeon if you say create account for Freenode or whatever there is a tab there that says proxy and from there you will just choose the proxy type as SOX5 and the host will again be localhost and the port will be 1080 and this is going to work the same way that Firefox does all of your traffic that you're going to be uh, routing through the program is going to be going through your SOX proxy now you must have the SSH um, session running and then fire these applications up otherwise you're going to get an error of course it can't get through the proxy so that's this little uh, side note so first we fire up the terminal or putty make the SSH connection into the host and then we fire up our portable apps and we can stream our videos as needed we can chit chat on uh, Freenode if we wanted and everything is going through our home network the only connection that is being made on our work network is the SSH connection back into my home computer everything else is hidden away and unseeable from unwanted eyes so I hope this information was helpful in some way and if you have any suggestions comments critiques any type of uh, comment that you want to make I highly encourage you. I would love to hear from you and hopefully um, you'll be able to use this in the future and I thank you everyone very much for listening this far and I hope everyone has a fantastic day thanks a lot you have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org we are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday Monday through Friday today's show like all our shows was contributed by a HPR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HPR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.